Today's episode, The Gentleman's Guide to Grooming. Hello? Uh, John? Yes? Hi. It's, uh, it's Jonathan Goldstein. Good afternoon. The, the reason I'm calling is we're, we're doing a show this week uh, that's all about grooming and uh, all things fashion. And uh, I know you're sort of an expert on the subject. Yes, that's correct. I should say that I am an expert on uh, antique grooming. That's right. In fact, isn't there a chapter in your book uh, about history's worst men's haircuts? Yes, that's true. Would you be willing to favor us with a passage? Yes, but I will have to get that book. Let me get it from my library. Okay. You got it? Yes. Okay. The the section that you're referring to from my book is on page 71, mm -hmm. for those of you following along at home, history's worst men's haircuts. If all of history may be counted as a year, and human history merely the last 10 seconds of that year, then you may be surprised to learn that more than two-thirds of the worst haircuts in history may be contained in the slightest fraction of a millisecond in which man has played hockey. There is something about the gliding sport that attracts not only bad haircuts, but hair of the sort and texture that was once euphemistically termed hard grooming, rubbery, thick, and carpet-like. Leaving aside the mullet, of which too much has been said, other favorites of the hockeyist included the scrape, the scab, the floppy dog ear, the executive floppy dog ear, and the shag swoop, which was advertised as being able to somehow produce, quote, the illusion of a mustache, end quote. And now after that, you have, um, you, you've included in the book a, a table. A handy, a handy table or chart. Uh, of, some of, these, uh, of some of these hairstyles. Yes. Uh, can you take us through some of them? Yes. Okay. Tell us about the Napoleon. The Napoleon hat haircut, popular in Europe and Pennsylvania until the 1890s. The Napoleon hat is sadly self-explanatory. Even the bald were asked to mimic this haircut via the use of shaped hay. That was the first use of uh, recorded use of prosthetic hair. Did you know that? With, with the hay? With hay, yeah. 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 Um, the sink cut? The sink cut. A little bit later. Uh, it was during the Depression. It's a quick and thrifty cut, and it involved putting your child's head in a sink and cutting around the edge. The sink caught the blood handily. So I'm imagining that, that the sinks were, uh, they were probably a lot smaller back then. Uh, yes. Well, it was the Depression, after all. People didn't have water. It was too expensive. Sinks were mainly used for spitting into or looking into and pondering the drain. They provided a little abyss in every home that you could gaze into. And indeed, a little abyss in every home was the motto of one of the most famous early sink companies. I did not know that. No, but it's okay because I did. Yeah. And what follows is the shot glass? I think more interesting probably mm -hmm. to your listeners is to skip ahead okay. to the mid-1950s and the scamp. It was the best-known example of the brief moving hair fad in which various live animals were camouflaged 
and or sewn into the hair itself. In this case, the scamp, it was a ferret. The fad died out due to the difficulty of replacing the creatures after they had died and the high rate of hawk and eagle attacks upon citizens that occurred because of the haircut. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that, that would sort of approximate the, the beehive hairdo for men? Yes, the beehive for men. It was either called the beehive for men or just the beehive if you lived in an all-male society. But with men, generally, it involved wearing an actual beehive on your head. The whole, just the whole bee with the bees and the honey. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. You just would put it on your head. And it was not so much decorative as a way of, of getting some solitude. Mm-hmm. You don't find so much like that haircuts have, have names nowadays. Like, I mean, my dad used to wear a pompadour in the 50s. But that that's about, I don't know, there's the mullet that people make fun of, but I mean... Well, the thing isn't that the haircuts don't have names. Haircuts do have names. Mm -hmm. They're all very carefully uh, recorded and categorized in barber manuals and discussed in barber circles by their given names. But they're not used in the vernacular very much anymore. That's true. Most people don't acknowledge that they have a haircut, you know, the... The spin top, for example. You wouldn't know that that's the haircut that you have. Do you, do you think that's sad in a way? Do you think something's lost? Well, one of our first gifts as humans, if you are a religious person, was the gift of, of naming, you know? When we give up the gift of naming, we are giving up something that, uh, that makes us uh, indisputably human. And then we become sort of more ape-like and simian in our indiscriminate uh, view of the world. And most... Most haircut, apes all have the same haircut. Yeah, the haircut they usually have is either the Cornelius or the Dr. Zaius. From Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's why those characters are named that. But monkeys don't know what their haircut's called. And now most humans don't either. Is that progress? Joanne? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's Jonathan speaking. Who? Jonathan Goldstein. Oh. Wow. Hi. Jonathan. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Long time no speak. Yeah, seriously. What are you, uh, doing in Canada? Radio, like always. Hmm. Still those kind of, um, you know, self-referential little vignettes? Yeah. That's good. Little vignettes. Good. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, I uh, I had been meaning to call, but I uh, I actually uh, was driven to it because I just saw the uh, the little article. Oh, the Harper's Bazaar, that that thing. Yeah, that's awesome. You're reading women's magazines now. It was uh, it was in a doctor's office. Right. I was just kind of flipping through. Of yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, there's just been so much press this this year. It's 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 been a bit out of control. But uh -huh. yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I'm I, I was really happy for you when I saw it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. I was. Mm-hmm. Great. 
Jonathan? Yeah. Are you just calling to congratulate me on the article? Because this is really weird. Uh, why, why is it so weird? Jonathan, I haven't heard from you in two years. Yeah, but I mean, we, were, you know, we, we always, you know, vowed to remain friends. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. I was no. I mean, when I uh, when I picked it up initially, I was really I was sort of surprised. Like I never. What what is it that you're you're doing? Like like uh, image consulting? Is Im that is yeah. that it? image fashion consulting? That's really very um, unexpected, but nice, um, nice too though. And you're happy. Yeah. Well, that's totally. I'm totally happy. Like you know, look. I mean, last week I did Michael Eisner. You you, know. you image consulted? For yeah, him? yeah. The week before that, I did. Um, Teresa Hines Carey. I mean, you know, it's 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 getting pretty. Oh big. my God, that is big. Yeah, yeah. So like, what? Like you're talking about like, you know, figuring out like how they can match like the best way to match their smoking jacket to their armchair, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, Jonathan, that's exactly what I do. No, I, I mean, tell you know them I mean. how to you know arrange the pots of cold cream on their vanity tables. Yeah, you got it. I mean, it's it's just it it just seems so outside of um. I mean, it's it's outside of my sphere of reference, I guess. Well, I mean, that's clear enough to everyone who's ever known you. But you know, I mean, Jonathan, in in Hollywood and in New York, like in the big cities of uh -huh. the world, um, you know, image is a really big thing. These people are being photographed all the time. Absolutely, I think it's great that you're doing this. As usual, you're just so patronizing. You know, I mean, what, what are you talking about? Your, your condescension is just, you know, I, limitless and and I, unbelievable. And honestly, uh, like I am a huge image consultant in New I, York. City. I know, I know that. You're like, oh hi, I read about you in a fashion magazine, and I'm like Mr. Literary, blah blah blah. Like that's what you're doing, that's, and you know what? We had so many years of that. Like, I, I, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. I really, really had nothing but nice intentions when I decided to call you. Honestly, I'd been meaning to phone you, and I just for two figured, like, years. You know, I mean, look, I haven't heard from you either. You know, except Jonathan. Okay, forget it. I'm not having this conversation with you. Why are you phoning? Joanne, I'm calling because I just wanted to actually wish you well. That's it. Thanks. Um, and you know, like, what, you know, would be really cool. Like, I, I would love this. Would, would you? Would you? Do me. I'd really, I'd, I'd, I'd really enjoy it if you. Oh yeah. Where do I begin? Well, go, go ahead. I mean, I, I really like. No. I. Why not? Because I, you're not, I, you're not big enough. Oh come on. Yes. Just for an old Teresa friend. Teresa Hines, Carrie, Michael Eisner, Jonathan Goldstein, little Canadian radio runs. That's a fantastic. Very very roster. nice. Listen, come on, do, do me. Really, like image consult me. <sighs> no, you you, you weren't what, even I, like a good, you know testing ground for all this stuff. It's like I needed to like completely shed all of the crap from those awful years I spent with you, like a phoenix from the disgusting ashes. That's very you know, nice. Just, Listen, do me a favor. Come on. I miss I miss you coordinating my outfits. Really? I don't. At all. All right. Well, okay, fair enough. You know, look, this, it's in the okay, past. Okay, okay. Yeah, come fine, on. Fine. All what right. do you want? Okay. Uh, glasses. My glasses. Let's start with that. Glasses. Yeah. I'm wearing I'm wearing wireframe glasses, right? I would actually say that your glasses, even though they're like you know, possibly still held together with weird pins and stuff like that, if right. you actually got them fixed um, and got rid of the tape and you know cleaned them up a bit so that the lenses weren't full of like you know skin scales, um, they, they'd actually be fine. 
They're good, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good start. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That's very uh, yeah. that's very generous of you. Yeah. All right. So the glasses are okay. How should I wear my hair? That's a, that's a hard one. Uh-huh. Um, I'd say wear a hat. Wear a I cap. Should, I should just wear a hat all the time. <laughs> like, a, what are you suggesting? A pork pie hat? You, you, honestly, no, seriously. Like, don't you think you're being a little bit hurtful? Um, I get, but that's not what this phone call's about. You're, you're asking me, Jonathan, there's a thing that I do, which I call the overhaul. You know, the, and this is just like scratching the surface. Like, this is a toe mm-hmm. barely in the threshold of the cathedral of things that we need to do to you. Like, th- this is nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep on asking. This is okay. The, all right. Let's just keep way. going. Um, like a scent for me. Like what would be a good, what would be a good compliment? Like a, you know. Yeah, cologne's a tough one for you. I mean, remember, like we had this problem. Like, you know, you've got very sebaceous skin. And when and by sebaceous you mean good? No, it means greasy. Mm-hmm. You know, I still, you know remember the smell of the back of your ears and it's insane uh, insanely good like so you need something that would have like what i call the lysol effect which would just kind of you know both clean and mask clean and mask yeah. so you're you uh, this is good i mean you're, you're you see you're fun, you're enjoying this yeah i mean this is what i do like i, I know, like but it. I mean, it, you... it like it gives me a bit like you know. It just makes me feel like I'm really helping people. Oh, you're helping who, me. Who yeah. Really need help. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're given a lot of power. Yeah. Well, okay. Just uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who's going to end up like, you know, go going out for like pedicures or whatever it is that you suggest, yeah, right? Yeah. But I mean, like, just maybe just give me a few like easy things that maybe I could, you know. Okay. I I could do. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay, number one, Jonathan, I'd mm-hmm. say, you know, I'm sure judging from everything you've told me, which makes me think that, you know, absolutely nothing has changed in your style or lifestyle, if you um, want to call it that, in, in, like, you know, the past two or three years. I'm pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, some would call it stagnant, but... I call it integrity. Yeah, I call it lame. Um, anyway, you know, if you're still doing that thing where you're walking around into kind of like cafes where, you know, there's like single, like writerly type girls and, you know, you're opening up, you know, the, the, the Thomas Mann book so that everyone can see the cover. Yeah, very nice. Could you Could you just like, you know, be a professional here? Well, I was going to tell you, like that, you know, everyone can see through that. Oh, and thank you, thanks for that, because you know, next next time I'm next time I'm out, like waving my Thomas Mann novel around over my head, like uh, like a highway flare, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. You you really honestly like you really think that I'm like this? You, I mean, you see me as an awful character. It's all you know. Okay, fine. So let me do my job and stop interrupting me. You know what? Maybe like... So I say don't do the thing with with the stupid book. I'm not... Look, if I want to read a book in public, I will do it. I'm sorry. You were reading Death in Venice for four years in the same cafe, hoping to impress the same women. I was not trying to impress anybody. So it took you four years to read Death in Venice. I'm a very slow reader. Okay. You know, again, like, at least I read books. You know, like, like, what, what are you, what are you reading? Like style manuals, me, and yeah. You know, like, yes, you, I know yes, you did. Yeah. You did I like only read books. like Karl Lagerfeld's biography and nothing else. Have you ever read Sandra Gilman? No. Well, that's what I'm reading now. If you really want to know, that's what's on my bedside table. Well, that listen, you don't have to prove yourself to yes. me, right. okay? Kierkegaard. 
Kierkegaard. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Kierkegaard. What you like? Is there like uh, makeup tips in there that uh, I didn't Jonathan, know about? I'm reading Kierkegaard's Fear and Trembling, like, which it, honestly, how it's like, hard to put on lipstick when you're trembling. You are so unbelievable. Come on, you're, I'm just kidding around. You know, I, I, I'm I know I'm joking. You've got this like passive aggressive thing. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm just aggressive. You're aggressive aggressive. I'm just joking around. You're not joking around. You you called me up after three years whatever this is just a retread of like the worst few years of my life and you're just calling me up to like make fun of me uh, listen take it easy okay like i can't believe you can still get me so upset like after i've so trended you and you're Jonathan, hold on i've got call waiting hold on yeah hello yeah. Yeah, I, I have to go. I, I oh. have to. Yeah, I have okay. to go. Um, yeah, um, I've got someone on the other line. I, it, okay. Yeah, it's uh, Philip Roth. Come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have Philip. Mm -hmm. There's a big Vanity Fair shoot, you know, um, and uh, he's got this whole mutton chop thing that I, I'm going to have to deal with. But you Are know, you, it's, it's, I you, love Philip Roth. I know. Yeah. You. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I wrote my thesis. On... I, I know. I know. And I'm going to be having dinner with him at uh -huh. the Cirque tomorrow night. So it's you know. That's surprising how things turn out, isn't it? Anyway, um, I've got to go have fun in Montreal, and, you know, uh, if ever you're in New York, give me a ring. Oh, I'll do that. Okay, bye. Hello. Jonathan. Hey, Gregor. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Really? You're yeah. doing great. How's your beard coming? Uh, the beard's great, of course. The beard, the beard, right, the beard. Yeah. Your beard is great. Yeah, it's, uh... Okay, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find when you're drinking, say, a yogurt smoothie, it gets a little on your beard? That, yeah, that's, that's the worst. Oh, really? That's a problem that you have? What about soup? Soup, soups, a, you know, soup could be problematic. Uh, yeah. But uh, you wind up with a little soup in your beard. You get a little bit of soup in your beard, but you know, it's a little, uh, it's sort of like nature's doggy bag. You know, a little something to chomp on later on. Sure, I know that feeling. Yeah. But it keeps your face warm, right, when the wind blows. It's, it's, it's very comforting. It's like having a scarf wrapped around your head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe you have a beard. How, how can you say that? I'll tell you how I can say that because. I'm a man of honor. You apparently are not. What? Do you remember when we agreed to grow our beards together? you remember that conversation? Yeah. you remember how you said, even though I was in California and you're in Montreal, that we were going to keep checking on the phone and monitoring the beard growth and that I wasn't going to be the only idiot walking around looking like Ulysses S. Grant, that you were going to have a beard too. you remember that conversation? That all rings a bell to you? Uh, through your beard, you can remember that? I remember that. Okay. So you're telling me you have a beard. I have, yeah, I have you a beard. don't sound so sure. I'll tell you why I ask. Mm-hmm. Because a mutual friend of ours oh. just ran into you. Uh-huh. And he says, you're clean-shaven. Hmm. Um, it, it, it's not a great beard. I mean, I could see as how he might have thought that I was clean-shaven, but... Explain, explain to me a little more clearly how a person can see a beard and think that they're clean-shaven, because to me, it doesn't seem like one of those gray areas. It seems to me like if your face is covered in hair, that it's... I, um, I totally... I have a beard, Gregor. There's, I mean... Oh, you have a beard. I guess, you know what I was thinking, is that you were going to grow it on your face. 
Where, where's your beard? Do you have it in, out back in the shed? When, when I ran into Stuart, um, he wasn't wearing his glasses, and that might have been a problem. The guy can't see anything. Okay. So do me a favor, oh, bearded one. Do you have something handy like a credit card or something, your ID badge? Can you just rake it across your beard and let me hear the sound of your beard? I, I can't believe I'm dignifying this. Okay, fine. You want to hear my beard? And I'm trusting you that you're not rubbing against someone else's beard who's nearby. There's no one nearby. I'm here by myself. Here, listen. You hear that? Yeah, I hear that. That uh, That's that very hairy. like a beard to me. I've listened to a lot of beards on the phone. That does not sound like well, take, a beard. Take, take out a credit card and rub. let's hear your beard. This is not some kind of parody contest. Well, how do I know you have a beard? <laughs> how do you know? Because I'm not a liar. How's well, that for a I resent that. What do, you, what do you resent? The fact that you didn't grow a beard and I did when we both agreed we were going to grow beards together? And that for the last eight weeks you've been lying to me, telling me that you're growing a beard? What part of that do you resent? Um... You, you know, you, 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 I mean, you, you, you were so excited about that pact that we took that I, di I didn't want to let you down, for God's sakes. It was destroying my relationship. What about your relationship with me? What does a pact mean to you? Nothing? It, it meant a lot, but literally I was... Pact? I, I feel like I, I feel like I don't even know you anymore. I mean, all this time you've just been... You're overreacting, for God's sake. Overreacting. I had a conversation with you for an hour about how... You could totally relate to all my beard issues with the thing with the pillowcase and everything about brushing my teeth. And you were like, yeah, totally. I know what you mean. Exactly. And, and that whole story you told me about how you found couscous four days after you ate it when you found the piece of couscous in your beard. Mm. You were clean shaven. That's a totally made up story. You didn't even eat the couscous, I bet. I did eat couscous. You are a clean shaven liar. You know, you pressured me into this thing. You are the one who told me about the New York Times article about how beards are the new fashion trend and about how we'd save all this money on razors and save time in the morning. This is all your idea. Well, it's, it's, I, 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 it seemed like a good idea, and it's, it's, but it, it, it's, it's really itchy. Yeah, and, I know. And... I'm the one with the beard. What are you telling me? What, well, so how's this working out? I mean, do you, do you, does, your, does your wife like it? Nobody likes it. Everyone hates it. That's well, the then point. What's the point? The point is if you, if you believe in something, you do it against adversity. You know, now that I work in the clean room at the lab, they make me wear a beard net. What? There's no such thing, is there? Sure there is. So you spend your entire day wearing a beard net? No, I don't spend my entire day. I take it off to eat. It covers my mouth. All right, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You have some role models, right? I, I have a few, yeah. Why? Yeah. Was Moses a role model? Yes, well... What about the Saxons and the Vikings and the Mongols? They're all fine, but... All you... proud people. Yeah, but you know, it, 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 it isn't contingent on their having had beards. Do you understand? Oh, really? What is it that you like so much about Moses? His robe? The commandments? The parting the sea? The, you know, come on. It, it, it's not just all about the beard. I think he could have done that clean shaven? I don't think I so. I think he would have probably been a lot happier. Could you imagine traveling through the desert for year after year, sand blowing everywhere? It was probably disgusting. Disgusting. The point is that he saved time. He wasn't sitting in front of the mirror plucking his eyebrows like you with the tweezers. He just got out of bed and off he went. And he had time to write down the Ten Commandments and set bushes on fire. All right, let me ask you a question. Have you considered the option of laser treatment? For what? Well, you know, a lot of ladies like you want to get rid of their facial hair. All right, all right, all right, all right. Look, you know what? You don't want to, you don't want to have, look, I'm sorry I let you down. You don't want to have a beard. Go shave your beard. Since you don't have a beard, who the hell are you to give anyone advice about beards? You know what? I, th I think that I think that beard is going to your head. Uh, you know what? Maybe you 
you with your clean-shaven face, maybe you, all your clean-shaven friends should all get together and snicker about me and my beard and how I went ahead with the beard growth while you were secretly shaving every morning, putting shaving cream and having your shaving cream parties, and everyone was running around shaving their beards every day. It's not, there's not you this. couldn't get enough of the shaving, and you're like, well, I was here patiently one tiny increment at a time growing each of my follicles out of my face. Why don't you have a good laugh at my expense? Look, I'm I'll no tell you what I'm going to be doing while you're doing that. I'm going to go home and shave because this beard is itching oh. to death. Oh, really? Yes. That sounds like a very good idea. Yeah, I'm sure it does to you, Mr. Baldface. And I'm going to put it in an envelope, and I'm going to mail you my beard hair. You're going to... Why? That's disgusting. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Because I'm an artist. And like Van Gogh cut off his ear and sent it to a prostitute, you are a prostitute. And I'm cutting off my beard and sending it to you. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense? I don't think That's so. That's because you're not an artist. Non-artists can never understand artists. Look, if you send me an envelope full of your beard hair, I'm not going to open it, okay? So don't waste your time. It's disgusting. Oh, really? Even if I put money in the envelope that I owe you? How about that? Have you ever tried to cash a bearded check? No, Gregor, no. Come on. You're, you're over it. This is really, this is ri ridiculous. Come on. Oh, what, I, I'm what, sorry. What, am I childish? Is that uh, what you're going to say, that I'm childish? No, just go grow your... Could a child grow a beard like this? No, probably not. Look, I'm just, pointing to my beard right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you are. Look, it's just go. a magnificent beard. You know, sometimes I like to stand out in the wind and just let the wind blow my beard because I have a noble, beautiful beard like a sea captain on the prow of a great hulking vessel and cross the oceans with sea salt on my beard. But instead, I'm going to go hunch over my bathroom sink so I can right. be more like you. Okay, right. Hey, hey, Shavy, hey, can I borrow your razor sheet? Man, nothing takes it off like Noxima medicated shape. Take it off. Take it all off. Nothing takes it off like Noxima medicated cheese. On Wiretap today, you heard Murray Silkoff, Gregor Ehrlich, and John Hodgman reading from his book, The Areas of My Expertise. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren. Production help from Mira Bertwintonic.